I was waiting for it. To, it says recording. Hi, hi everybody. Welcome. <laughs> I'm keeping that in. I don't feel like editing anymore. Welcome to the Discussion Five, hosted by the Brothers of Discussion, where we talk about the five most pressing matters for the Detroit Red Wings at this current time. Obviously, everybody knows what's going on today. Got some good news. Woo! Um, any hoozles? <laughs> Talking about that good news. Obviously, uh, if you want to follow along with us as the season moves forward, uh, you can follow us as uh, at BOD Hockey on Twitter. Uh, myself, I am at ClinkMet. My brother, Michael under- at Michael underscore Clink. Uh, we'll be coming to you every Monday and Thursday morning with a brand new episode of the Discussion 5 through the Hockey Podcast Network, which is at HockeyPodNet on Twitter and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. But if you want to keep up, just your two buddies that are talking today you want to go now that the the website has been updated so you can find every episode of the discussion five here now it's the hub for all things brothers of discussion it's bodpodcast.com brothers of discussion.com find us on facebook as the brothers of discussion find us on twitter uh as bod pod at bod podcast uh that's actually more for the wrestling side of things and instagram we have a shared Instagram for the wrestling and the Red Wings uh, postings. It is brothers underscore of underscore discussion. Huh. And I guess I should probably mention what that wrestling show is all about. In case this is your first episode with the brothers of discussion uh, covering WWE, AEW. We've got plans for some new Japan coverage. Once, once that starts rolling hot again, uh, all that. And more, again, bodpodcast.com and brothersofdiscussion.com. Mike, how am Man. I coming through? It doesn't, it doesn't look sound. like there's a lot of sound coming through on my, my thingy. There's a lot of sound coming through my thingy. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> with the preamble out of the way. The 10-minute. Let, let's set the stage for Steve Eiserman's hot week here, Matt. Hmm. Hmm. 30th in the NHL with a, not a positive goal differential, but a negative 24 goal differential. And that actually doesn't seem as as bad as the games have looked, to be honest. Uh, I I really thought that number was going to be higher. Can I I ask, um, I'll tell you, all the stats I want to go over, I did update. Did you update that one? That one I did not. I'm pretty sure we're at 32 now. Yep, actually, uh, most the the most up to date on NHL dot com says minus thirty one, and we ah, are thirty first. Yep. So here I, so here's 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 what the plan was. <laughs> the plan. So that's kind of cute, actually. Thirty first in the NHL with minus thirty one. Um, what I wanted to do at was, least that we won't get any worse, right? Because right. there aren't any other teams. Um. I wanted to go over how how we've changed since the last time we went over these numbers, which was just a week ago. So it was last Monday. Uh, obviously, the last episode, I hope you all enjoyed, was a conversation with Andy Hammond of the, the Broadway Boys, where we're really coming into this. Uh, I, I'm learning how far away the Red Wings really are from contending. 
uh, because I thought the Rangers were going to be playoff contenders. And then talking to Andy Hammond, it just didn't make me feel super confident. So then I went, well, wait, if they're not close, where the hell are we? <laughs> the team, Somewhere way below that. Yeah, the team that drafts Kapokako and then signs Artemi Panarin, and the Red Wings are still, like, <laughs> a mile behind that. Any hoozles, uh, coming up this week, I should mention, uh, we'll be talking with uh, the Kings. And then we already set up, Mike, the week after that. Might even be the next episode. Of course, the conversation everybody's been waiting for, the loser circle. Uh, let's, we're going to talk with the Ottawa Senators <laughs> podcast, uh, which honestly, that, that'll be our biggest competition uh, by the end of the season, trying to... Uh, yeah, we, we might have to have a loser leaves town match. Like, yeah. this, is, this is bad. Um, uh, yeah, and that, and that race for uh, Lafreniere and Quentin Byfield, it's, it's, a, two, it's a two-team race, I think. Um, all right, so back to where we were. So it's been a week since we talked these numbers, Mike, and uh, let's let's just run through them because a couple of them got better, and then uh, and then we'll talk about maybe why. Starting with Mike, we were twenty fifth in power play a week ago. That's we've taken rough. a massive leap. What to twenty three? Whoa! Whoa. Nice. Uh, and we'll get into why we think that might happen. So yeah. what was funny is I started doing this. That was the first number I put together, obviously, was seeing us jump up in PowerPoint. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be so sweet. Let's see where penalty, penalty kill went. Uh, Mike, we dropped. So <laughs> we, we did Humble. not go up. That did not get better. Uh, we are now 31st. We were 28th. We're 31st in the league in penalty kill, which puts us dead last. And 10 games into the season, Mike, this is the lowest penalty kill percentage I've ever seen. 67.24%. Wow. So a third of the time a power play goal goes in the back of the net. What a guarantee. If you I, get three penalties, that's a free goal. Yeah, and we've been going like five or six per game. So there's a couple goals right there. Mm. Now the... Uh, on ice shot percentage was another one I thought, well, maybe it'll look a little bit better after a uh, big trade. After our, our, our um, better than Gretzky numbers four games into the season. Right. Uh, we're holding strong, Mike. We, we didn't go up. We didn't go down. Staying at 8.8%. Uh, Steady second worst. Eddie, huh? Yep. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the on ice safe percentage uh, unfortunately dropped. Uh, we got a little bit worse. Uh, we went from 25th to 26th. We now sit at 86.7%. Um, and, uh, you, you can just look at, look at that as save percentage since uh, the full team statistic. Uh, but we did go up in faceoff percentage, so nothing really changed in regards to what's going on with the center. So I don't, I, I guess we just got lucky against the Bruins who are, you know, historically a good faceoff team. So you don't really want to pull too much out of that. Uh, but we're still near the bottom of the league. I think, I think we're still 26th in faceoff percentage. So, um, I guess what we're doing here is a combo of that awful, awful, awful game against the New York Rangers. And then how much better did we get after one good game against the Boston Bruins? We did better in power play. How about that? I mean, that's yeah, still an I mean, important part of the game. What is the main difference between the Rangers game and the Bruins game? Matt, it's one man. Robbie Fabry. Woo! <laughs> um, so point one, yeah, it kind of – you know, a little update there on all the all the metrics and, you know, the real doldrums the Red Wings are in. Um, and Fabry kind of, he just kind of, he just kind of waltzed right in. 
um, and immediately became our best player. Uh, he's he's currently shooting a hundred percent. Give him the puck. <laughs> Every shot he takes goes in because he he took two and scored both times, man. Um, easily our best power play uh, forward of all time, ever. <laughs> Even better than Steve Eiserman himself. Uh, Matt, who is this guy? Um, he's, I, I, you know, reading up on him. Uh, yeah, you know, he, he was awesome. Is is like his rookie year. Um, you know, for a rookie. Um, you know, he's scoring in the regular season. More importantly, he was scoring in the playoffs uh, during the Stanley Cup run uh, well, for the Saint, for the Blues. I mean, he was poopy. Uh, so. <clears throat> Let me explain what's going on here. <laughs> what's going on here, Matt? Uh, so this is in the Stanley Cup run. He actually went 32 games and six points during the regular season, and he had one point during the playoffs. So he was he was a poopy butthole, actually. What what season, season are you looking at? Uh, so this is what I'm I'm highlighting on. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> no, I'm all discombobulated now. That all doesn't right. that so, doesn't sound like what I was reading. Okay. <laughs> so this is what I pulled from hockey reference uh this morning. Uh let me pull this up again. But any any hoozles uh, uh, I mean, rookie year. He had eighteen goals his rookie season in the regular season, then he had fifteen points in twenty playoff games. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about last year's playoffs. I'm no, sorry. No, no, no. No, no. Yep. we we picked him up because he was getting boo boos uh the past couple of years and trying to like rehabilitate and come back from knee injuries um, in a sport that asks you to be on uh, ice skates. Yeah. <laughs> I do apologize, Mike. I, I feel like such an a-hole right now, but yeah, that you are correct. No, it's okay. That's uh, that's why the move I think was uh, easier for the, the blues to kind of justify because they, they're actually, you know, gunning to win games. And I, I think, um, you know, in Jacob De La Rose, they're, you know, trying to win playoff games and in the playoffs i think they're looking for somebody to maybe be a you know more of a defensive forward um that's what they're going to get out of jacob but the red wings my god we just need pucks to go in nets once in a while um and we know fabry he's you know he, he did it his rookie year and then he got some boo-boos so it's it's not really his fault that he's kind of kind of fallen off the table a little bit um but one game into his Red Wing career, everybody's drooling because it looks like, you know, he kind of got to hit the reset button on his, his very, very young career. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, he, he, he looks – you know, it's just best-case scenario. He's one of those reclamation projects where it's, it's a guy who couldn't stay healthy in, in one city and, you know, maybe gets that magic Red Wing juju and he, you know, can, can find himself. Um, what I like about this trade is um, it's really like a no risk trade for the Red Wings. Um, Cause I mean, this guy, he's, he's going to be a free agent after this year. So if they don't want to keep him, just let him go. Um, it's yeah, not like it's... they're doing, they're not doing any kind of long-term commitment with them. They didn't give up anything of value. So um, I, th- I think it's a really good move. Um uh, I think the other thing that's kind of cool is reading up on him. He comes from that same draft as uh, Dylan Larkin. Yeah. Um, and also a guy, another guy Eiserman just traded for that Brendan uh, Perlini. Yeah. Um, 
And I, I really like, oh gosh. Um, I wish I had another good contemporary example of this, but getting all these guys, you know, who are kind of the same age, you know, we talk about, you know, how do you make this Red Wing team better? And it's about, you know, who do you, who do you trade? Who do you keep? And getting all these guys that are all from kind of the same year, um, all first round picks, by the way, which is kind of interesting. Um, uh, it just means they're all on the same career trajectory. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a, it's not an old dude at the end. It's not a necessarily brand new person who you, you know, you have to send, you know, uh, Grand Rapids beer city for a while. Um, you can kind of see, well, let's see what we got here. Cause we, we know he's, 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 he's gotten his feet wet, you know, at the NHL level, you know, at the same kind of, um, um, yearly opportunities as our boy Larkin. No, I actually, you know, it's funny that that is probably the best point I've heard so far. Um, not just, not just right now. I mean, since, since we traded for, for Fabry. Yeah. Oh. Um, I, I think that does play a lot into it because I, I know one of the conversations that I had with the, with the Broadway boys was, you know, what's our, what's our timeline for winning? And I, I laughed it off and I said, geez, we're five years out. But uh, I think, I think what you get with that Fabry trade is trying to figure out, all right, if we have, if we have all these young guys on the team, or at least, you know, kind, kind of, we're still right in the middle of the league in, in regards to like age or average age. So we're not really that, we're not that young, but if, if we're trying to say that these guys might be the answer, you know, this, the, the team that we've put together might, might be that solution. Or there's some guys here that'll be a part of it in the future. then we can't have them all playing with other super young dudes because we aren't going to know, we aren't going to know what we're dealing with. We could trade them away and have another loss in regards to whatever the strategy is in regard, you know, picking who who's staying, who's going that choice could go wrong just because of who these guys are playing with. And we might right. not see their full potential. So is, is, is Robbie Fabry at the, you know, the height of where his career will be. I mean, if anything, we could make the argument that he's probably at his lowest point after these two knee surgeries. Um, and it's, what was it? So it was 2017, uh, he got hurt. And then 2017-18 season, uh, somewhere in there, he gets hurt again on the same knee. So now we're talking 2019-2020. So he's had right. some time to let this knee heal. Um He's playing with with his buddy Tyler Bertuzzi. I mean that that looks like, and we'll talk about in a second. That looks like it's already making some some uh, like a good a good difference there. Uh, mm-hmm. But having a guy that that has you know cut his teeth a little bit uh, isn't just coming straight from Grand Rapids. Isn't coming straight off the draft. Has played with in, in playoff games. Geez, he he has a Stanley Cup ring, and I know that's one game that he played, but. Damn it all! I still that that does mean something. I I I, I like at least now we can go and, and one of the conversations I want to have and we're going to keep having as the season rolls along is like who stays and who goes. Um, now at least we'll get we'll get some time here to 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 have you know what, what does Pertuzzi look like a month playing with Fabry? Is this is this a line that you know you have a team like uh, and I'm not saying they're going to be this great. But you have a team like the Vancouver Canucks that pretty much went 15 years basing their entire organization on two guys that played well together. 
Right. Um, so yeah, that, that chemistry, like that muscle memory, uh, you know, if it's your, you know, one of your, one of your buddies, you know, you're going to already, you know, know where each other are without even having to look. So it's, it, it, it might be kind of interesting. It we're one game into this, but it's just nice when the, you know, the return on investment is immediate. So. Yeah, it does, that, that part definitely feels good. I, I, and I think, uh, I think that's a good transition into talking about actually. Yeah. Winning that Bruins game. Yeah. Uh, I, I think so. Uh, obviously Robbie, uh, he's already got two goals. Uh, both the shots went in. Um, what I, what I loved was, uh, Blaschel, the way he organized that line, uh, on the power play to score. Um, it was, uh, Fabry playing with, uh, Bertuzzi, like we mentioned, but also playing with Larkin and Mantha. Um, and then they had the point man, uh, Mike Green. Um, I, I don't feel like we've gotten a, a great example of that so far this year, um, uh, with that kind of creativity, but, I. You know, maybe this Fabry guy really kind of opens up uh, possibilities on that power play, and it, it at least it worked for a game. Um, Boston looked just totally lost uh, the way Fabry was able to kind of coast into the middle of the ice, basically on both goals. Yeah, uh, I don't know what the hell they were thinking. Uh, it's like they made a diamond around him uh, and didn't bother to like get in his way. Yeah. Um, but part of that was, you know, all the Red Wings' best playmakers were out there. Um, so they were kind of able to kind of mask uh, Fabry just kind of, you know, uh, smoke screening into the middle of the ice um, in front of um, uh, Boston goaltender. It, it was it was weird to see Boston like totally not like almost like they weren't paying attention to him. But, it you know, part of that was the, the play call that they had. Um, well, we got to give that. We got to give credit too to, to Dan Bilesma like that. That's the guy. For some reason, people are begging for him to take over, uh, take over the Red Wings, just because Blashill's not doing so hot. I know we've talked at length about the um, the skill level that's there, but Bilesmo is the guy who's in charge of that power play. So two sides of this of this argument are: why would you put a guy who I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna steal this from uh, the Athletics Red Wings podcast, but they brought up the great point: why would you have Bilesmo take over when he's running, you know, one of the worst power plays in the league the last couple years? Yeah, but. To flip that, hell of a move. Let's put Fabry right on the power play and see yep. what happens because I'm running the worst power play for the last couple seasons. So let's, let's, we got a new guy. Throw him in. Uh, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna at least since I, I've been jumping on the train of like let's let's run you know let, let, let's let's kind of run Bilesma down. <laughs> let's let's not give him the reins of this team because he's kind of done uh turned into a horse shit product oh oh dang it Oops. uh horse poopy that's that slap shot sound effect <laughs> uh, <laughs> damn it. but uh yeah let's give him let's give what him I, credit here <laughs> one quick thing too about the 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 fabry goals um even though you know i'm kind of teasing boston for that defensive collapse on the penalty kill both times um uh, you know I, I attribute our guys you know skill to to get fabry open like that um, they weren't, you know, those cheap, like deflection goals, you know, it was still kind of a hard shot. Um, it, it's, I know it's a small little detail, but it's, it's encouraging stuff. Like I, I, it wouldn't have meant as much, you know, like if he'd scored like Larkin did, um, in that game where he did a wraparound and it just kind of, you know, caromed off to, off a defender. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it was impressive speed by Larkin, of course, but it's not like it was a, 
a super duper, you know, um, uh, like mega talent required goal. It, it was kind of a lucky, fluky one. But Fabry's, you know, both took some skill, like displayed that this guy does know what he's doing on offense. So it was, it was encouraging stuff. Um, now, how about that shot, though? When you see him do like that knee bend and put it in i i was gonna when i first saw that you know I like mean, the that jokes just made me think of uh butch cassidy you know i shoot better when i move you know <laughs> i wasn't that <laughs> upset about it <laughs> oh i'm not upset about it uh okay. the, the the jokes popped in in your head or i'm like oh god there go the knees but uh how about i mean just the idea he is stretching those knees out i mean that didn't look like an issue at all those are those are the old like oh, right, Brett right, Holt right. goals. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see, he's got his dexterity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that. I mean, I mean, if anything, I was going to tease him, but that's that's all that's all gravy, right? And yeah. uh, and and another thing I wanted to throw in too was, I mean, we are talking about the Bruins who are not they they actually jumped out of the top ten in penalty kill because of that Red Wings game. Uh, but yeah, a top ten penalty kill team and. Uh, Shoot, we put it together and made it work. I, I, I like yeah, it. Yeah, I'm actually – I'm super excited to watch the Vegas game today because um, we're recording on the Sunday uh, before you guys get the uh, – probably get the episode. Um, but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm really encouraged. Like, I want to see more of Fabry because, uh, Matt, he had some, some more numbers outside the goals. Um, I think you were writing about his face-off percentage and his, his Corsi. Um. Wait, where's uh, well on his on the Corsi side? Um, he, oh, that's uh, okay. I see what you're saying. Uh, so for the game, what I was what I was putting in there was that we actually, uh, uh, you know, for five on five for possession with the shot attempts uh, for us and the shot attempts for the Bruins, uh, we rocked it. I mean, fifty six point seven to forty three point three. And again, this is the Boston Bruins. This is one of the top teams in the league. This is a team that you pick to win the Stanley Cup every year. This is a team right. with Pasternak, Marchand. Um, oh my God, Bergeron. I mean, it's just top to bottom. Loaded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and we shut them down, including no shots from our Shane. Uh, so from, from the team perspective, we did great. And then uh, in the third period, one of the things that the Red Wings have, have really uh, just shot themselves in the foot is, is the possession metrics in the third period. If, if we've had a lead, we get destroyed in the third period. The only time we ever win a third period in shots is when we're already down five, six to one, and the other team is kind of thrown yeah. in, uh, <laughs> you know, thrown in the towel. They're done yeah. for the game. Uh, but this is one where we had the lead. I mean, we're only up by a goal, but we still shut down the Bruins, only allowing four shots on net. Um, but then, uh, yeah, like you said, the thing I wanted to bring up for Fabry a 63.6 uh, Corsi 4 percentage for him. So him and his line did pretty great. Now, they did allow a goal. Uh, it just happens, right? Uh, yeah. So we're not going to focus too much on that. I What I see is the 13 minutes of ice time. So this is a guy who's still got to keep building up chemistry. Uh, so you can look at that one of two ways with Fabry. And, and this is more like the only negative spin we can put on this first game for Fabry. Uh, either they, st- they saw something where it was like, all right, let's, let's pull back. He, he can't be out there too long when it's five on five. Power play, send him out there. Five on five, no. The other way to look at that is that he did take advantage of every opportunity he had. Because when I talk about the 63.6, 
uh, Corsi four percentage. So his line doing well, I'm only pulling the five on five numbers. I'm not pulling any power play numbers. So they still held on to the puck and, and did a great job. So that, that whatever he was doing in those 13 minutes, he took advantage of his line, put the puck on the net. And uh, I mean, hats off. Those are, those are the facts. Those are the stats we have. We're not, we're not playing eyeball test here. We're talking what happened in this game. 13 minutes, his line owned the puck. Yep. Boom. Yeah, Can't be happier. It's, uh, it's nice to not have to be bummed out uh, when recording these episodes. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I don't want to ruin our uh, um, grin and bear for Lafreniere, but, you know, it, it's short term. It, it's nice to have, you know, just a little, just a little glimmer of, you know, how, how nice it is to have a, a hockey team when they win a game. Um, Matt, before we kind of kind of pivot away to some some uh, scuttlebutt, some some gossip, if you will, uh, I know one of your favorites is uh, our 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 episodely game of Who's That Pokemon? Hey! Uh, we're basically we uh, uh, cherry pick a quote from Jeff Blaschel, and Matt has to figure out who that quote is attributed to. <laughs> um, I had some really good examples. I had a couple this week. Uh, but, Matt, I, I think I'm ready. If I hope, you're ready, I'm ready. I just hope it's, like, on theme. Like, you're, it's going to be cute, and it'll be it'll be Robbie Fra- Fabry. <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> All right. Here we go. So you <laughs> might hear me. Uh, um, it might sound a little bit like I'm, I'm having a uh, recreational cigarette, and that's intentional. Okay. I knew we were high on him when he was being drafted, just from talking to our scouts back then. We've been eyeing him at different times. Listen to our pro scouts meetings. <laughs> we're hoping we can get him back to speed when he first came into this league. End quote. Oh, my God. All right. I feel like I've already guessed this name, but I think I was wrong when I first guessed it. So, oh my God. Oh, well, mm. all right. So here's, here's what I'm doing, Mike. I, I'm back that on the literal, Dennis. That was a literal hem and haw. Yep. I'm thinking either Chalowski or Athanasiu. Oh, Athanasiu. Um, so when I said those two names, you made a sound when I said Athanasiu. So I feel like that was forced. Ooh. And you were quiet when I said Chalowski. Oh, was also forced. yeah. But I think you know that I would think that. So I'm going to go with Andreas Athanasiu. <laughs> Damn it. Just don't say uh, it was Chalowski. <laughs> no, it was Fabry. What? Yeah. He would. Oh, okay. So we the scouts were just high on him. Okay. Yeah. Everybody was getting high on Robbie. Yeah. Um, All right. Oh, that makes um, I thought they were saying, like, so here's the thoughts that were going through my head. Like, he was talking about when he was coaching in Grand Rapids and, you know, no, 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 no. Okay. Well, I'm trying to mix it up a little bit because I, I think we had Dennis last time. Um, oh, so that's the only one yeah, I got right. He had the healthy, okay. Yeah, he was the healthy scratch. So I have a bad memory. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, they remember that because they're um, they're teaching him how to buy, how to be better by not letting him play hockey. Uh, it's it's real wax on wax off kind of thing. Um, 
real quick before we move away from the Boston game, there's just one thing I, I don't think that if you don't watch the games, you don't get to hear this as much. Um, I think the score at this point was three to two. Um, and Boston was uh, on the, we were in our own end. Detroit was in their own end. And Boston was uh, about, it looked like they're about to score a goal. Uh, they had a cross ice pass and um, uh, Bernier made, mostly luck like if i was watching it with you you would have rolled your eyes it's like god that was lucky uh but he made a, a glove save that there's like no chance in hell that it, it it was not a goal and somehow it went into bernier's glove um and mickey redmond just said like he almost said damn it on he almost <laughs> said damn it on the broadcast and he just said oh there it goes <laughs> oh wow like a little a little sarcastic but just kind of like genuinely like shocked that it wasn't a tie game at that point because he, he he conceded the goal he conceded the goal on the play oh here it comes oh there it is wow and then it was just a face off what so was that, just kind uh, of, that old the just, old uh rv advertisements um with that guy going well f it yeah <laughs> All these fucking flies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mickey. I mean, you could tell, like, um, a lot in Detroit, I think everyone can agree that a lot of the announcers are homers. You know, they're, like, openly rooting for the home team. Yeah. Um, and Mickey is definitely getting fed up with watching this crap, uh, non-playoff crap for years. Uh, going on years now. Wasn't that incredible? It's going on years. Um, after that, was it 25, 23? 23 straight years anyway um he's definitely getting fed up yeah. uh because <laughs> that uh you got to go back we, we might have to share that link um because it's in the the five minute recap too well um, i think it's i think it's fair to say too like th- this is another conversation to have um we saw what happened with with the detroit tigers and their announced team like just yeah just a couple bad years, and that announced team was literally at each other's throat. Yeah. <laughs> literally <laughs> choking <laughs> each other in the announce booth. Um, so I think I think this is this is the kind of thing that turns the announced team over. Uh, I, I I think I think uh, their years are numbered, if not just because of uh, Mickey's age. I, he he does not do like a bad job he we're we're fans of pro wrestling and we listen to you know everybody should be familiar with the name jr um yeah man he's bad <laughs> he's he's old and he's bad he uh right in the middle of a match last night mike uh forgot uh <laughs> forgot the name of the two ladies in the ring during the the women's oh, match so no. yeah um so mickey's not doing that and when he does do that it turns into like it it's it's almost cute and he admits it and you know oh, i'm getting up there like <laughs> yeah where on you know on the flip side you have other announcers who are trying to like hide when they make those mistakes but um I, I just I just think he's the kind of guy that before he gets to that point where he's just watching guys skate around the ice and he's he's like oh look at Eiserman out there <laughs> really taking it to him and then you know Daniels has to well yeah I, you know we appreciate because he's supposed to be he's supposed to be the mouthpiece for us yeah you know what I mean like Ken Daniels is is he's got to be vanilla and do the play by play and and Mickey he's got to be there for us. Like when we're frustrated, when we're excited, you know, I'm, I'm, 
I fell out of my chair laughing when he said that because I had the same thought. I was like, oh, damn it. We're going to waste <laughs> these two awesome power play goals. And then, uh, you know, I got to say, damn it for Mickey. I, I don't think he really responds to social media. He's, you know, beyond that kind of stuff. But I didn't want to reach out and be like, you, you spoke to me, man. You spoke to me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we can we can move on from that uh, to some uh, some scuttlebutt, some some gossip, the trade papers. Uh, Matt, yeah. easily your it was this is this your favorite announcer, Pierre Maguire? I I can't remember. Oh my God, yeah. I I wish that he was standing here right now. I <laughs> so I could slap some, him in the mouth. Well, I was gonna get some Crisco and just <laughs> get the top of that head. Oh my God. Um, Mike Pierre Maguire. You know what's funny? I. Uh, Earlier in the week when I tweeted about this, I I had it memorized what his college was because I he's always that a-hole that brings up, nobody cares. Nobody cares where everybody went to college. You don't have to do that. <laughs> and I, I had it in my tweet, and now I'm, I'm in the moment, and I completely forgot, and it would have been great. Uh, anyway, I'm just telling all of you that I put in the effort, and I effed it up anyway. Anyway, <laughs> what Pierre McGuire said this week, uh, in an interview that really wasn't necessarily about the wingies, I don't think. I think he was just talking. He was doing like his NHL, NHL network conversations or uh, some podcast. But he, he said, don't be surprised when Steve Eiserman trades Philip Zadina. So, <sighs> so the conversation can turn so many different ways with that. And th- this was after Robbie Fabry joins the team. Before his amazing boston bruins game uh but anyway th- this was this was just pierre telling us that he he's so much smarter than the rest of the world uh and of course he waited till we traded for fabry for to, to actually make this this comment but we actually yeah. talked about this last week like uh so i i thought i thought we'd we'd kind of bring it up again in, in regards to like now now this is a the talk of the league nationally that eiserman's ready to toss everybody out let's redo everything. I will, I will take these, these low risk situations. I, I'll take your experiments. Let's run your experiments here in Detroit. Um, you know, let's, let's get guys, maybe Fabry has a great season and he goes, yeah, this team's still not going to be good for another five years. I'm out. Um, but, but at least, you know, like Iserman's willing to try anything. There's, there's nothing there that would say Fabry would absolutely want to stay here. But all that being said, that brings us to the idea of we'll bring in anybody, right? Yeah. Or are we going to get rid of anybody? And uh, I, I liked how, how deep we got into the conversation last week, and, and it, it was just about Anthony Mantha. Um, and I, I think we pegged him as, like, one of the guys that, you know, once, once you do start to draft rookies, you don't want to look at the lineup again and say, okay, we have Larkin and one other forward, right? I mean, Fabry had a great game, but when we look at this team, we have Larkin and one other forward. Or maybe even right now you can make the argument we have Mantha and one other forward, which would be Larkin. Anyway, Larkin's on the team for a few years. (laughs) Let's just – he's there. So let's figure out what we put around Larkin. And, um, you know, is is Mantha enough? Where where – where do we draw the line on sure I'll take two first round draft picks or if we're more realistic, you know, you put a second round pick on any of these guys. Are they still, are they still up for grabs kind of thing? Like, 
Do you, you know what I'm saying? Like, sure, if we have a perfect trading situation, absolutely I'd trade Mantha. But let's let's talk second round picks. Who who's who's still on the trade block if we can only get second round picks? Yeah, I mean, if I think that McGuire comment is a, is a little odd, if only because if you look at the talent level of the NHL team, that's where the issue is. Like we we don't have an issue looking for guys who have potential. We have guys who have potential. We're waiting for them to like cash in that potential into production. So I feel like trading Zadina is it's not that he's, you know, off the table untouchable, but it's just like why? He's not like impacting the salary, he salary cap. He's, you know, he's not he's not even on the main roster. He's got the WWE lingo always kind of worms its way into these hockey discussions. Um, <laughs> I mean, it would be much more uh, uh, believable to see him trade somebody, you know, who who is on. Uh, the, I'm going to say it again on the main roster. It it, it just makes sense if you're not going to keep these guys and you know not want to pay them the you know the big dollars, which are you know these end game contracts are coming up for these guys. Um, that's where the moves are. I I I don't really know how Zadina's name got included in there. He's again he's not untouchable, but it it doesn't really. He's not financially hurting you. He's not holding you back. He's still he's still at potential level. Yeah, Pierre actually brought up that name without anybody asking about Zadina. That was him off the top of his head rolling off names. So he's talking about Iserman wheeling and dealing, and he he said, "Don't be surprised when Zadina's gone." And part of part of the argument, Mike, is um, Iserman wanting to build this team his way. So any so the, like part of the argument, uh, just to I guess what you bring up is the best point. Like, how does it hurt you to try out the guy that is supposed to be good, and he's he's still got a low salary number, but yeah. um, this yeah, idea that Pierre wants that's a good point. or or that that uh, that Steve wants to build the team his way, and he keeps talking about I want to build this team through the draft. I'm not going to build it through free agency. So when we look at um, we look at his history, I, you know we we saw him build the Lightning through trades and through the draft. And it was the guys that he wanted his way. He kept kept guys around that were already drafted. Kept guys, you know. I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna say no to a Stamkos kind of thing. Right. Uh, but if he doesn't see what he wants in Zadina, I think I think that's it right there. Where he just I I think it's just that that argument that anybody is on the trade block rather than it being Zadina. So I agree with you that maybe Zadina shouldn't have been the name that came out of Pierre's mouth. Because if you look at Zadina, it's not like he's a little guy. It's not like he doesn't fit the mold of like what was successful uh, Tampa Bay is, is drafting skill and size. Um, not, not top to bottom on the roster, but, you know, try out a guy. <laughs> it, it's, it's probably harder to find the guy that's, that's built the size of, of Zadina than it is to – you know, find a guy that's that's five foot eight that can score goals. I think we had some opportunities to draft guys like that in this past draft. And what did Eiserman do? He went with size. So yeah. I, I'm just gonna say I think Zadita does fit the kind of thing that Eiserman's looking for. So I don't I don't think he's on the top of his list of like get rid of him. But um, you know, maybe I'm asking the wrong question at the top. 
maybe it's not about, you know, I, I said, who, who do you get rid of if it's only a second round pick? But that's, that's the real conversation with Iserman. He, he's not looking for second round picks, right? He wants first round picks. He wants right. the entire um, crop out there available to him. He's going to go pick who he wants. And he, we proved that too this last draft. And by all accounts from people who watch every Griffins game, is I don't do that. Uh, Mort Sider looks to, to be making strides to be the real deal. Looking, yeah. uh, looking to actually make it to the wings even next season. Uh, so that, that makes me super wrong for, for how I interpreted that draft. But, but anyway, this is, this is Steve drafting a team. Uh, and drafting a style that he wants to see this team turn into. So how does he do that quicker? Starts getting rid of the guys that uh, weren't a part of what his system was supposed to be and just keeps banking on those draft picks. So that, that, that's really the only argument for getting rid of Zadina. But, um, well, the other, yeah. I mean, if, if Iserman is, you know, assessing Zadina and, he's afraid that the potential is just never going to blossom. And that happens. I mean, that's the other risk that you, that you have is if you hold on to somebody with potential for so long that they, you know, it's that they're suddenly they're 29 and they've, you know, got like two points in the NHL, you right. know, in 15 games in six years or something like that. So, um, I mean, trade while the value's high, I guess that's, that's the, that's the other thing in McGuire's, um, argument, I'd say, because um, you just don't want to wait, and then suddenly, you know, reality sets in. You're like, oh my god, this guy's not even an asset at all, and you can't flip him, and you can't play him. So, you know, uh, I, you know, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> I think I would be a little patient with Zadina, but you know, I'm not Steve Eiserman, so we'll uh, we'll we'll trust Eiserman's eyes over you know ours. Yeah, and, and I and and actually building off what you just said too, I, I think Eiserman could be asking the question. Let's say he does pan out, and we're trying to build this roster. Does you know? And it's not just Zadina, but everybody that's in Grand Rapids. It's you know we could bring up Valeno. He does pan out. Where does where does he fit on this roster? If it turns out we are keeping Mantha, if Athanasiu does start scoring goals again. You know where where does he fit in the next three to five years? Maybe there isn't a fit yet. Maybe that's you know, yeah. Iserman sees, sees yeah. an option where maybe there are uh you know he's got enough forwards and he wants to see more defensemen that can make quick transitions. Um, that that could be the thought. But anyway, um, we so I don't know where we're at in regards to recording, but I know we're way over thirty minutes because I did not time out like right from the get-go <laughs> so with that we hit our five points uh if everybody could find us uh on uh twitter at bod hockey and of course head over to the website bodpodcast.com or brothersofdiscussion.com you'll find the same site either way um uh, go ahead and uh, check out all the old episodes check out the wrestling show greatly appreciate it and uh we are also nominated for uh best wrestling podcast of the past year so Go ahead uh, to the Wrestling Podcast Awards. You can find it through the hashtag, hashtag Wrestling Podcast Awards. And uh, give, give your old buddies, the brothers, brothers of discussion, a little votey poo. We really appreciate it. Uh, but besides that, we will, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. We'll be uh, having a conversation with uh, the Kings podcast, uh, Los Angeles Kings, who are right now, we're neck and neck for bottom of the league. So we'll, we'll kind of see uh we, we've got kind of an interesting next couple of weeks because we'll be playing the kings we'll be playing the sharks we'll be playing the ottawa senators 
So you either look at that as an opportunity where we're gonna we're gonna get easy wins, or we're really gonna see yeah, and I, how you know, bad I'm, is this Red Wings team? I'm I'm excited to hear their therapy tips uh, because sometimes it's kind of rough watching all this awful hockey. Um, so ho- hopefully they have some you know some Earl Grey ideas, some something beyond some tea. Come on, yeah. we need help. We're in so this together. That, yeah. Yeah. So with that, uh, I guess what this is Monday morning is when this is released. So. Yeah, tune in uh, Thursday morning, and then it uh, looks like we'll have another uh, conversation going the, the Monday after that. So it'll be it'll be a while before we take deep dives like this again. Uh, but hopefully we'll we'll have some interesting conversations for you guys and a little bit of uh, enlightenment into where the Red Wings truly stand uh, in the rest of the NHL. So uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, pretty excited for that. And um, yeah, just uh, rewind 30 seconds to, to hear all the promos again. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Have a good one.